ESPN and Vegas legend Bruce Marshall. From Vegas Insiders, CBS Sports, and his own website, BAMSports.net. With over 30 years on Memphis Radio, with handicapping and sports talk, here's Bruce Marshall with Bryant and Brett. Bruce Marshall joins us now from Vegas Insider, CBS Sports, and BAMSports.net. We're going to talk a ton of wagering, get to uh, a bunch of these really big-time bowl games, college football playoff semifinals, a lot to get to with Bruce. But a quick update, uh, Memphis currently up 19-13 to uh, in the final seconds of the second quarter. Tigers looking to try to get into uh, field goal range before the break and maybe tack on a field goal before halftime. But Bruce Marshall does join us now to talk uh, a lot of wagering and uh, we'll get a lot of picks in. But Bruce, uh, before we, we get to any of the picks, first off, thanks for joining. Uh, but I'm curious for you, uh, as a, a handicapper who, who is looking at all of these bowl games and trying to, to, to pick as many as he can and, and get some, some good value, when you look at the transfer portal opt-outs and how many guys are opting out, but also, I mean, you've got places like last night with Oklahoma, their, their running back, Tywee Walker, is in the transfer portal but played for Oklahoma. How difficult is it for you to try to figure out which side to play when really everything seems to be in the air from a roster standpoint? Well, that's a good question, Brian. But the, the, the thing that makes it tough is that there's so many different outcomes here. I mean, uh, if if all the if the guys who were in the pool but still played, if there was a go against all them, you know, that that would be something. That, that hasn't really been the case. Um, you know, teams that are switching quarterbacks, that's the one thing that, that's sort of noted to me is that some of these backup quarterbacks have come in and played very well. And then yeah. I think, you know, too often we assume that just because the guy, the starter's out, then there's going to be a big drop-off. That's not necessarily the case. The rest of the team, this is standard stuff in football. And for one game, you can rally, you circle the wagons, you sort of devise a game plan to take the advantage of what the backup can do. Now, now some of these ones where, uh, like Tennessee, um, you know, with Joe Milton just, you know, the other day opting out. Yeah. So they're going to have, you know, Josh has got to get the freshman ready real quick. I'm not sure how that's going to work for Tennessee. Uh, Jackson Arnold, Oklahoma last night. I mean, we, uh, they, they had known he'd been there for a couple weeks mm-hmm. after Gabriel had transferred out and he had some moments, but he also made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. But I guess the bottom line to answer your question, Brian, is there's just not, even though there's a lot of these different scenarios, there's not a pattern other than inconsistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know what teams show up, one teams, what teams don't. One thing I'm a little uh, watching here: some of these teams. I'm not sure how many more are left, like Oregon State, but they just were not ready to play today. This game against Notre Dame. And there's been a lot of disruption at Oregon State yeah. with guys transferring out and coaching staff turnover. In that case, they just weren't ready to play today, and they have paid the price against Notre Dame. I know a lot of people here. I've heard it, you know, both locally and nationally. I've been talking about not even from a a gambling standpoint, but just watching these games of how frustrating it is. You're watching these games, and it's the the fourth string quarterback, or you know, you've got an offensive line where it's all backups. And a lot of people have been trying to say we need to change the the schedule, the calendar, and and try to put limitations on when people can enter the portal. What do you think of of that idea? And is there a way? Uh, I guess a logical way to set it up some way where we could have 
mostly full teams for these bowl games? Push the portal back till after the bowls. That's one, and that may require pushing the high, the entire recruiting calendar back a few weeks. But so what? Do, uh, do it. I mean, yeah. this is obviously this is not optimal right now. I mean, my other radical thought is that these bowl games should be played in week zero. Mm. And so what? I mean, if you at the end of the season, um, and all these guys opting out anyway, uh, we're going to have an expanded playoff. Um, you know, they play these things in week zero, and uh, you, I mean, you have a whole summer to get ready. You want not kind of everybody opting out, and just make that the bowl week instead. It would be a complete change. But I think you know that's something they're going to have to start looking at, uh, maybe. But the bottom line is, most of these games, O'Brien, when you're watching them, and you and we try to block out all the noise and all the portal stuff and the nil and the coaching changes and some of these other ridiculous things, um, the action has generally been pretty good. Yeah. And uh, it's still sort of it's still compelling stuff to watch. And by the way, the Tigers did kick a field goal right before halftime, twenty two thirteen Memphis at the break down at the Liberty Bowl. Love it. That's what we like to hear. But no, you're right. It has been some some good games. And I think you you mentioned it uh, earlier with a lot of these young players and and young quarterbacks. You're seeing these guys kind of realize, <laughs> hey, this is my opportunity, and they're trying to take the most of it. Well, Bruce, let's get to some of these games uh, and get some get some picks from you. I, I want to start off tonight uh, in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl, Missouri and Ohio State. This is a very interesting one. Um, a lot of people have been pointing to Ohio State, their quarterback. Uh, it was in the transfer portal, uh, and he, Kyle McCord, he's now landed at Syracuse. There's some opt-outs, um, but Ohio State continues uh, to push as the favorite. I think earlier it might have been uh, at three and a half, four and a half. Now it's up to five and a half. Ohio State minus five and a half. That total sitting at fifty and a half. What do you like in, in the Cotton Bowl tonight? Yeah, and Marvin Harrison hasn't opted out, but there's thought he's not going to play much tonight, and we've mm. seen that too from some. Of these players who are high profile, who are might be there, but you may not see too much of them tonight. It's worth noting that Devin Brown was. I mean, this was a real quarterback race at Ohio State until almost right up to the beginning of the regular season, and then Brian Day opted for McCord. Um, but it was sort of one A, one B all through fall camp there, mm-hmm. and it looked like you know Brown could be in there. So I'm not sure there's going to be that much of a drop off for Ohio State. Uh, but, you know, Missouri is very interesting. By the way, some interesting history in this series. They've played 12 times. Missouri has only beaten Ohio State once, but that was a memorable game back in 1976 in an era in which Missouri was beating a lot of highly ranked teams in major upsets all the way from Columbia, Nebraska a couple times, uh, Notre Dame a major upset in 72, uh, Alabama opening night 75, USC opening night 76. Both of those games were the only games that Alabama and USC lost that year. And after losing, beating SC, losing Illinois the next week with their quarterback, Steve Pizarro, it's knocked out. Uh, Missouri goes up to Columbus and stuns the Buckeyes 22-21 behind their backup quarterback, Pete Woods, and scoring the winning TD and two-point conversion, which, by the way, came after a Ohio State penalty in the first two-point conversion try. Woods ran it in with just 12 seconds left. 22-21, Woody Hayes was going nuts. Anyway, just thought I would get that in because I, I sort of like Mizzou. And we heard uh, before the season, uh, when I was with Brett in uh, uh, Nashville at SEC yeah. Media Days, uh, how Eli had talked about uh, Brady Cook was throwing with a, a sore shoulder last year. And he said, look, when, if, if his shoulder's right, he's going to put up a lot better numbers this year. 
And darn if he wasn't correct. <laughs> I love the balance on this offense with Schrader and Luther Burden, who was the closest thing in college football to Debo Samuel. And he may have that sort of impact in the NFL, too. I think Mizzou can win this game, but I don't think Brown's going to be that bad for Ohio State, um, which might be hurt more if Harrison doesn't play. But I, I think there's going to be some points scored here tonight. So I'd look a little bit over and a little bit to Missouri in this game down in Big D tonight. I like it. That should be a really fun one tonight, 7 o'clock on ESPN uh, locally here in Memphis. Tomorrow, uh, really, we uh, you know get a, a good taste of it tonight with that Cotton Bowl game, but we get some really fun games tomorrow and then uh, spilling over into Monday. But 11 a.m. tomorrow morning on ESPN, uh, Ole Miss versus Penn State in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Right now, Penn State a five-point favorite. That total sitting at 50-and-a-half. Brett Norsworthy is down there with Ole Miss. He'll be on cover. Uh, he'll be covering it pregame and postgame uh, tomorrow on this station. Uh, but Bruce, what do you like tomorrow in the Peach Bowl? I like Ole Miss, although I, you know, we have to acknowledge Penn State's been a really good uh, point spread team since the middle of last year. They've only dropped three spread decisions. A lot of that, though, against that Watsam in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. uh, and they also cut Utah after. Uh, the quarterback rising got hurt very early in the Rose Bowl last January 1, or I think Penn State might have lost that game. Nonetheless, uh, they have had some success. What I don't like about Penn State is the quarterback, Drew Aller, check down after check down after mm. check down after yeah. check down, dump off, dump off, dump off. He just does not throw the ball downfield. The inter- and that brings up the interesting thing here, because the two strengths, as we see in this game, Penn State's defense, which is very good, though they have a couple of guys who have opted out, uh, and uh, Ole Miss's offense with Lane, and, and Dart and running the ball at Jenkins and all that. So I think this is going to be, and Jenkins, this is going to be a very good matchup there, but it's probably going to be decided by the other platoons. What's Penn State going to be able to do with Aller against Ole Miss's defense? And yeah. there, I think Ole Miss has the edge because I do not trust Aller to do anything against a decent defense. And uh, Penn State, uh, again, the, the, the Big Ten this year, so much, so many pedestrian teams. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, they again. They lost. You know the two games that really meant something to them this year. They lose to the Buckeyes again. They lose to Michigan again. Um, so I think Ole Miss gets them. I take them plus the points. This might be maybe even a money line uh, spot here wow. for the uh, Rebels. Twenty four seventeen Ole Miss. I think Lane gets James Franklin tomorrow. So that's a strong vote for the Rebels. Wow, that would be huge, and I think really for for both of these teams, whoever wins with the expanded playoffs uh, next year, and especially with what Ole Miss has done in the portal, this could be a great springboard opportunity into next season and be a, a real um, playoff consideration team. I mean, that that could be a, a really good Ole Miss team next year, especially with what they've done in the portal. Yeah, I mean, I think both these teams are probably in the top ten into next year. Wow. And the winner of this game might even be in the top five. But I think, yeah, both these teams, preseason polls, I think we'll see them both in the top ten, uh, like you say. And, yeah, Lane has been cleaning up cleaning up in the portal once again, so uh, good for him. Yeah, he really has. Uh, Monday morning, uh, 11 a.m. on ESPN2, Wisconsin and LSU in the ReliQuest Bowl. Right now, LSU a double-digit favorite, 10-point favorite against Wisconsin, the total at 55.5. Do you like anything in this one? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, LSU's got that over thing going, but mm-hmm. uh, eighteen and two over, so maybe that. Although, obviously, I mean, Jaden Daniels ain't going to play uh, in this game, and that can't be a plus. Although, I mean, Garrett Nussmeyer, I mean, there was a point when that was a real quarterback 
Derby down there, and they thought Nussmeyer might actually, you know, beat him out at some point last year. Um, uh, so, and then Nussmeyer's played a little bit, and they, they think they can run the offense with him. Whether they can have that same dynamism they had with Daniels remains to be seen. Wisconsin's a curious case because they dealt a lot of injuries this year, including a quarterback, Mordecai, that's the uh, transfer from SMU. He wasn't really functioning as well in that offense, and he broke his finger and he was out. So they just never quite fired for Luke Fickle the way they thought or ignited. Uh, but nonetheless, this, this number looks a little rich to me. And without Daniels there, it's not the normal LSU. Uh, and I don't think you're going to see Wisconsin roll over the way Purdue did last year. They were in the middle of a coaching change and a bunch of guys opting out, including the uh, guy who's quarterbacking for the Raiders right now. So I don't think it's going to be nearly as easy for LSU. I think they win, maybe not cover. and. Uh, but because they've been going over so much, I guess I have to recommend it over. So uh, 34-27 uh, LSU and over, just for over's sake, vote there. But I'm not sure I'd want to lay 10 points here. Yeah, it's a, it's a big number. Uh, later in the day on Monday, Iowa and Tennessee, I know a lot of people here locally are excited for that one in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, the freshman, Nico, is going to get the start for Tennessee after Joe Milton opted out of this bowl game. Right now, Tennessee, a six-point favorite over Iowa, but the line's sitting at 35-and-a-half. What do you like in that one, Bruce? I now, I may change my thinking on this because Milton's out, and this is a tough uh, this is a tough uh, way for the freshman to come in there. I know they like him a lot. He's 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 six six, and he can, uh, you know, he can do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they think, but I mean, to have to uh, uh, go up against this defense in his first test, I mean, I mean that's going to be pretty tough. And that's why I'm starting to think maybe another under for Iowa. Uh, so, Iamalavea, uh, uh, Nico. I mean, it's. Uh, what a tough test for him to start off. Iowa caught a break last year. They hit Kentucky without Will Levis in the bowl, and they shut the Wildcats out. Um, and and this, so this, this I think, becomes another over-possibility here. Tennessee is best advised to get ahead in this game and try to make Iowa play from behind. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure they're going to be able to do it. And this looks like, I mean, Iowa is going under games with totals in the mid-20s by the end of the season. And um, with that defense rock-ribbed as it is, and now a new quarterback for Tennessee, I'm not sure this is going to get much faster paced. I, I would not have said that if Milton was playing. In fact, right. I would have liked Tennessee a lot more. This is the sort of team, though, I think that really would have helped out the veteran quarterback just to get the lead because everything changes against Iowa when you can uh, get the lead on them. And uh, it's going to be kind of tough. Tennessee probably wins. But I think lower scoring, that under thing may work again for uh, Iowa as it has, what, 10 of 12 times this season. Yeah, it's been fun to watch all of these games, like you said, in the mid-20s still going under for Iowa this year. That'd be great if they could do it in a, in a bowl game against Tennessee. All right, uh, Bruce, we've gotten through a lot of the uh, bowl games, but now I-, I want your thoughts on the semifinal games Monday afternoon. Let's start off with Alabama and Michigan. Michigan, a two-point favorite, that total sitting at about 44-and-a-half. What do you like in the first semifinal game? I like Alabama a lot. I think it probably goes over too. Um, I mean, everything about Michigan's defense. Uh, I this is the same sort of argument we heard last weekend, uh, Brian, about the uh, James Madison Air Force game down in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. James Madison, now, oh, this great rush defense, sixty-two yards per game. Air Force ain't going to be able to run against them. That was complete balderdash because 
they, first of all, James Madison's playing against teams that are playing from behind all year. There's nobody that really runs the ball in the Sun Belt. They certainly never saw anything like the Air Force, and Air Force uh, ran up a storm with 351 yeah. and won that game handily. So the same thing here. Michigan, all these defensive numbers, they mean very little because that schedule this year, especially versus the bulk of the Big Ten and even Penn State and Ohio State being well down, potency-wise at least from last season, their defensive numbers don't just mean all that much in this spot here. They haven't faced this much speed and oh, by the way, the last two years in the playoff, they've allowed 34 to Georgia and 51 last year. That's 85 points the last two uh, playoff games, and uh, they certainly weren't slowing down TCU at all in that game last year. I think Bama moves the ball pretty well. I like what Milrow has done. I like the fact that they were able to pull out some close games. Michigan has played through these distractions very well with Harbaugh. He missed like what mm-hmm. half the season, I guess, this yeah. year. But at some point, this might catch up to Michigan. There's just too much going on there. There's investigations going on out of the program. These rumors about Harbaugh to the NFL just do not stop. Uh, I, it might happen. Uh, and I think it just all catches up to Michigan here. And, and Bama wins this thing. So I'd look Bama outright. I might look at over as well, 31-23 Bama, my score forecast. But I think uh, we're getting the tide a week from Monday in Houston in the final. Wow, that would be uh, that would be a lot of fun. A good story, uh, certainly, for Nick Saban and his team. All right, well, the second game of the day, Texas and Washington at the Sugar Bowl. Texas right now a four-point favorite. That total, 63-and-a-half. Who do you have meeting up with Alabama in the championship? Much as I like Washington and everything that Kalen DeBoer's done up there, and they beat these guys, Texas, in the Alamo Bowl last year, one of 20 straight wins for Washington. You don't get that on looks alone. You have to do something to win. But they did cut it pretty close since they beat up Cal late in September. Uh, They haven't uh, won a game by uh, every win has been single digits for them. Uh, Not that that's bad. I don't mind a team winning games close. But uh, the defense bent this year. I mean, I watched them again against USC. It was just like a ping-pong match. They ended up making enough plays barely to win that in some other games. But that's what the complaint from a lot of the people up there this year about Washington, if there was a complaint, was they didn't think this was a good tackling defense. And at some point, that to me seemed like it would kind of haunt the Huskies, even though Penix is is so good and they can uh, run the ball, Dylan Johnson, too, now. Uh, mm-hmm. This is going to be hard just to... Stave off Texas here, which I think was playing as good as anybody in the country at the end of the year. Uh, Sarkeesian against his old team, by the way. By the way, this whole Final Four has got a Sarkeesian feel because he had been at Alabama, too. Uh, but right. uh, the way they ran the ball after Brooks got hurt, when Ewers, uh, what he, his improvement this year in that defense, able to make big plays. I mean, they were just on fire at the end there against Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. I think Texas gets them, and, but maybe higher scoring, 38-31. And I think we're going to get a Texas-Bama rematch a week from Monday in Houston. Wow, that would be a lot of fun rematch. Uh, I think uh, that would get a lot of eyeballs uh, for the national championship if we get Alabama and Texas again. We're talking to Bruce Marshall. He joins us every single Friday to talk some wagering from Vegas Insider, CBS Sports, and BAMSports.net. I want to get to some NFL games uh, before we let you go, Bruce. I want to start off with Saturday night, Lions and my Dallas Cowboys. Right now, Dallas at home, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. That total at 51-and-a-half. What do you like in the Saturday night game? I think Dallas gets them here because it's in Arlington, and obviously that makes an enormous amount of difference Mm -hmm. to the Cowboys this year, an enormous amount, maybe an over- I mean, Dallas has scored almost 40 per game at home. They are not the same team on the road. 
Um, and most of those teams they've been able to beat up at home have been in there in some form of distress or I know they did hammer the Eagles, but even the Eagles looked they were off that route from the 49ers. This might be tougher. Detroit, though, did so up the north last week. They are still in the in the frame to get the buy in the NFC if the Niners can lose uh, one of these last two and the Lions keep winning. But something tells me this is just the sort of spot Dallas will score a lot of points and win. It may not be easy, but I do think they cleared that low 50s total as well. 34-26 Dallas, my score forecast there. And it's just that home thing. I mean, you got to respect that at some point. I mean, you know, you know, they haven't lost at home. The only non-cover was that game against Seattle. They won by six. So um, I think I'll lean with that angle um, tomorrow night. I like it. Uh, Sunday, uh, big game at noon, uh, Dolphins and Ravens. Ravens coming off a big victory over the 49ers. Dolphins coming off a big victory over the Cowboys last week. Baltimore right now a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. That total set at 46-and-a-half. What do you like in that one? Well, Miami did get them there early last year uh, and sort of an early indicator of what might happen this year, that we didn't see that all last year from Miami except in that game at Baltimore. Uh, Mostert, watch his status here. I want to make sure he plays. If Miami's going to have a chance, a better chance, Waddle uh, is going to be out, it looks like. But I can't help but think the Dolphins, and we might have talked about this last week, they're sort of the AFC equivalent of Dallas. Mm. Um, they, they, can, they can really run up a score and hammer somebody, but you know, get them away from, my, from uh, South Florida there. I mean, they've had their problems. They got the whiffed at uh, Buffalo. They got whiffed at Philadelphia. They lost that game in Germany to the Chiefs. Uh, they have been more beatable on the road. Um, and I think Baltimore just looked almost kind of flawless the other night against the uh, 49ers. That sort of effort and that defense, I think, is something that can slow down Miami. So I'm leaning to the Ravens in this one on uh, Sunday, and this would sew up uh, top seed in the AFC and would put the Dolphins in a little jeopardy in the East if the Bills can beat the Patriots. That would set up a showdown for the division title the following week down at Hard Rock. Is there any other games in the NFL this weekend? A big slate on Sunday with no uh, Monday night football. Anything else you like in the NFL this weekend? I think the Giants are kind of interesting with Tyrod Taylor in the lineup. Uh, they have obviously not quite even though they're out of the playoff mix. But uh, his presence there, I mean, they have covered games against Buffalo and Philadelphia with him, and he was only in there the second half last week. I know the Rams have been on a, on a pretty nice roll here, but this is the NFL there's a yin and yang of this stuff. I think the the locker room, I mean, this is, the DeVito was a nice story, but getting Tyrod back in there is really a plus. So I, I think, uh, I think, um, uh, I, I think the Giants have a shot on an upset here. Certainly plus the five and a half or six, I would give them a look. I would give Pittsburgh a look with Mason Rudolph in there. Um, I think he, I, he was the answer certainly over Trubisky. I thought, I don't know why they, uh, why they've done this with Trubisky the last two years, but he certainly proved that last Saturday. Uh, Seattle, when it wins, wins very close usually. Uh, so this is a close game, and Pittsburgh is right in the middle of the playoff hunt, as is Seattle. Close, three and a half could make a difference there. And I also think the Bengals are worth a look against the Chiefs. I think there's some real problems in Kansas City internally, as we've all heard in the last week. They played four times each, uh, I mean, the last two years, each game decided by three. I know those were Joe Burrow games, but uh, since he won three of those, um, and they got burned by some really big plays from Pickens last week, uh, this defense is still pretty tough for Cincinnati. Give them seven and a half points or so, I will take the Bengals. The Chiefs are on the ropes. Wow, I like that. Some really good uh, plays for the weekend in the NFL. Bruce, before we let you go, uh, where can we find more of you? 
Yeah, thank you, Brian. Check me out online at VegasInsider.com. Uh, we have got all my picks, NFL, college football, the Bulls, college hoops, NBA, NHL. It's all up there. Having a good week at uh, VegasInsider.com. You can read my stuff, too, and see more picks at CBSSportsLineSportsLine.com. Once in a while up there on HQ. I'm also on a podcast with Jimmy Ott down there in Baton Rouge. It's on the Bet Rivers Network, and they call it Sports Betters Paradise. Bruce, thanks so much for joining us. Happy uh, New Year to you and your family, and we'll do this again uh, next Friday. Happy New Year, Brian. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce. Bruce Marshall, he joins us every single week to talk some wagering and uh, a lot of really good plays in the NFL, also some good bowl games for the weekend. Well, before we get to a break, uh, it's the weekend. We've we finally made it to the weekend. Not only the weekend, kind of a long weekend with New Year's Day on Monday. I know you might be looking for a night out, maybe a New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, looking for a nice place to go and grab dinner. Well, let me point you into the direction of 117 Prime, located at 117 Union Avenue, opening 4 p.m. daily. 117 Prime offers perfect steaks cooked to your liking over hickory wood for the best flavor in in town. And their meat, it's regionally sourced for the best taste, so you don't have to worry about it traveling cross-country like some of these other steakhouses. Pair your steak with a wine from their award-winning wine menu, or switch it up with their wine of the month. Not a fan of beef? No problem. 117 Prime also offers outstanding seafood like oyster, shrimp, and lobster. Also, get down there right now and enjoy their happy hour from 4 to 6, Tuesday through Saturday for the best happy hour that downtown Memphis has to offer. To make reservations, head over to 117prime.com or give them a call. 901-433-9851. That's 901-433-9851 for 117 Prime. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we're talking Razorbacks with Ty Richardson. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Time to talk Razorbacks on Sports Time. Joining the guys is Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas to talk all things Hogs and SEC. On Twitter X at Ty Sports Radio, here's Ty Richardson with Bryant and Brett. Come on, all you Razorback fans, let's stand up and call those Richardson joins us now from ESPN Arkansas to talk the Razorbacks and talk the SEC. A lot to get to today, uh, both Arkansas football news, basketball news, of course, and also I want to get Ty's picks on the college football playoff semifinal. So Ty joins us now. Ty, thanks so much for joining us. A lot to get to, but I want to start off with the Arkansas football team and uh, news came out a couple days ago uh, that Wisconsin has hired uh, Arkansas's wide receiver coach uh, Kenny Guyton. This seems like a guy that the the players really liked, really rallied around. What did you make of this news and and where does Arkansas go from here um, looking for a new wide receiver coach? It's a great question. I think um, starting with Kenny Guyton, there were several players that are currently still on this roster that are disappointed that he is leaving, and they just got to move on at this point. And uh, where they go from there, uh, potentially, um, is is up to, of course, Sam Pittman. Bobby Petrino is going to have to say a lot of people pointed to former uh, quarterbacks coach Garrett McGee 
who's mm-hmm. currently the wide receiver coach at Louisville, who I'm sure Memphis fans are familiar with. So I don't know if there's um, a mutual interest there, but that's where that's where a lot of Arkansas fans pointed to. Have no clue if there's any realm of possibility that, that happened. Yeah, would you think? I mean, with uh, with the offense that you would hope to get next year with, you know, bringing in a new offensive coordinator and, and trying to get some, some you know, offensive-minded guys, new offensive-minded guys in there, you'd think there'd be a lot of maybe younger guys out there that you could go out, you know, maybe bright, young coaching minds that you could go out there and fill this. So, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, there might be a lot of options out there for Arkansas. That's the hope. I mean, wide receiver coaches are essential because you got to be able to recruit. I think about – Brian Hartline at Ohio yeah. State, who's probably the best in the country at that uh, said uh, coaching position. I mean, continuously, Ohio State either has the best or one of the top three wide receivers in all of college football. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think how valuable he's been to Ryan Day. And I think he was there previously under Urban Meyer. So I'm I'm really excited to see who Arkansas hires. and Hopefully it uh, pays off for him. Well, looking at this roster right now, we talked a lot last week about signing day and, and some of the guys that Arkansas was bringing in. Uh, they they landed a quarterback, Taylor Green, in the transfer portal a couple weeks ago. We've talked about that. But at running back, you lose Rocket Sanders. He's now at South Carolina. Where does Arkansas go from here? Is there a, a guy on the roster that you look at and, and think can take over? Or do you think it's going to be somebody in the transfer portal that they try to go out and get to come in and be their featured back? Brian, I would have loved to tell you that uh, Trevor Etienne had decided to go to mm, Fayetteville instead of yeah. Athens, but uh, that was not the case. Now, I, I, there's a couple guys in the roster you like if you're an Arkansas fan. Rashad Davinion's had flashes. We saw a little bit more of Isaiah Augusta, the untrue freshman from Naples in his freshman season. Uh, Dominic Johnson's been there a while. At one point, was their number one back. But you've got to add at least one person. I think they had two running backs that they uh, ended up signing, or at least one. I know maybe two. Uh, but you probably still have to go get someone out of the portal to really solidify that position, especially yeah. with the injuries they suffered there last year. Absolutely. Well, looking at this roster right now for, for football, I know still very early. We're still playing bowl games, and, and we haven't even had the, the national championship yet. But when you look at what they've done recruiting in the transfer portal already, what they're losing, what they're bringing back, what are the biggest holes when you look at this roster going into next season? I know when you look at the season that Arkansas just finished, you're probably saying yeah, there's holes all over the place. The entire team um, is a hole. But uh, what are some specific uh, position groups or, or, or things that you want to see changed uh, going into next season? i got to start with the offensive line, Brian. It's the worst Stan Pittman's ever had, not just as the head coach, but as the offensive line coach at Arkansas. And if you build on that and assuming your other position groups or don't get like just dramatically worse, you're going to have a bowl participant football team. Yeah. I'm going to sit here and say they're going to get to eight regular season wins, but they'll have a bowl team because the offensive line probably single-handedly lost them four games last year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't, I can't 100% tell you they'd be four or eight and four and if they had a better offensive line last season, but they would have at least made a bowl. And I think that's just kind of what Arkansas fans are hoping for next year. That has to change. Otherwise, Sam Pittman's no longer going to be the head football coach here in Fayetteville. Yeah, absolutely. Well, looking around the country with the the Bulls um, going on, a lot of bowl games this weekend involving SEC schools, maybe outside of the college football playoffs. What, Which one of these big bowl games involving an SEC team that, that you have circled on your calendar of that game's going to be fun? I'm excited to watch that one. I'm going to take the awkward stance here, Brian, and I have hated bowl season okay. this year. I have been... Very, very disappointed. 
I have not watched a full game, much less a full quarter, um, and I'm not going to these next couple of days until Monday when the college football playoffs in my finals take place. I think that NIL uh, transfer portal. It's gonna be oh, there you are. We lost you there for a second, Ty. You got us? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm there. I think it's going to be diminished even more, Brian, next year when they uh, expand to 12 teams. Yeah, no, I think you're right, and I think that's a that's a good answer. I've I've heard that from a lot of people um, since the bowl games have started. I mean, it's it's almost impossible to watch. Uh, one of the 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 show I produced for earlier in the day, uh, Johnny Radio. Me and him have been talking about it all week. Of the fact he is a a big uh, you know sports gambler, and he loves gambling on all these bowl games. And it's it's this weird situation where you're having to double, triple check, and and see who's even playing. And I remember yesterday, me and him were talking about the uh, the Oklahoma and Arizona bowl game and he came in and said uh, this running back isn't playing and I went on and looked online I said actually John I think he is playing and we had to like dig and we still couldn't even figure out we knew he had been practicing but it was unclear if he was actually going to play or not uh, it, it's it's a mess when you look at the way it is because it's not just players opting out and transferring you have some guys that have entered the transfer portal and have found a landing spot, I think it was Duke uh, a couple weekends ago, that the running back uh, has intended, he intends to transfer to NC State, but he still played for Duke in the bowl game. What do you see as a way to kind of combat this? Is there a way that, that college football can combat this and make these bowl games mean something again? I think it's going to be really difficult, too, and I hate it, but that looks like we're headed to, I, I think about the, the game tonight, um, Brian, you, you just kind of referring to don't know if the guy's going to play or not. They have not mentioned uh, Marvin Harrison, yeah. uh, his status for tonight's game in the Cotton Bowl against Missouri. You have no idea at all if the best wide receiver of college football is suiting up because Brian Day's kept it tight. Marvin Harrison has announced on social media, and it's basically like he's, he had practice this week. We just don't know, and I think it's a frustrating and unfortunate. Like, like I kind of started with. The question with, I don't see us getting better anytime soon. I, I can't see it reverting, to be honest. It'd be it'd be tough. Well, uh, the college football playoff semifinals also this weekend, and hopefully, I mean, there are a couple of guys that have entered the transfer portal um, uh, on those teams, but mostly these teams um, are intact. What do you think about these two semifinal games on Monday, Michigan, Alabama, and then uh, the second game, Texas and Washington? Brian, I've got Alabama really winning a really close game against wow. Michigan. I think it's going to be a great game. And then I've got Texas, unfortunately, beating Washington. I would rather see Michigan and Texas um, because I think that's a huge draw. Actually, I'd rather see Michigan and Washington because I love Michael Penix. Mm-hmm. And I do want to see – I'm sick of seeing Alabama. But I think ultimately it's going to be Texas and Alabama. Um, Texas, I can see one of my two touchdowns. Wow. I think. It's going to be a lot closer game between Alabama and Michigan with the Crimson Tide coming out. And I think Alabama's going to pull the doors off Texas in the national championship game. Not this Monday, but the following Monday night. Well, that'd be a lot of fun. I mean, getting that rematch of, of Alabama and Texas, I think well, a lot of people would be intrigued by that. And I've, I've noticed it seems like of all the people we've talked to this week, uh, I've been asking a lot of people their picks of, of these semifinal games, and it seems like I don't think I've gotten a Alabama versus Washington or a Michigan versus Texas. You're either an Alabama Texas or you're a Michigan Washington. There's not much in between. 
Yeah, it doesn't. There doesn't seem to be much distinction, and I, I, I do like that you've got a Heisman Trophy uh, finalist and, and Michael Penix up there. Milrow, who has one of the best stories in college football. Damn. I can't believe I'm saying that about an Alabama player, <laughs> but we are. Uh, the of course stories with Michigan and the other, and the fact that Texas is back. I mean, even right. if they lose against Washington, against the Heisman Trophy uh, finalist, or uh, they lose in the national championship, the team's back. Now, mm-hmm. are they going to immediately? win or get to the SEC title game next year. I don't know, but I mean, I hate saying it, but the Longhorns are indeed back, right? Yeah, they they really are, and, and uh, it would be also be a great preview if we got Alabama-Texas, a great preview for the SEC next year with, uh, like you mentioned, Texas joining the SEC. Uh, we're talking to Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas. He covers the Razorbacks. He also talks SEC with us. I want to go over uh, to the basketball side for Arkansas. They've got UNC Wilmington this weekend, a UNC Wilmington that beat Kentucky earlier this season in Lexington, a big win for them. What do you expect to see in this matchup between Arkansas and Wilmington? Yeah, Wilmington, like you said, is a good basketball team. they got a road win and rough, which is virtually impossible due to a mid-major program, but mm-hmm. they did it. I, I expect Arkansas to be battle-tested into the, the final whistle. I mean, this is going to be a dogfight tomorrow. If Arkansas doesn't show up, they'll lose the basketball game. They'll... Um, both teams would have, like, good losses, per se. Yeah. Alabama's non-competent was just been brutal. But it's, uh, it is going to be a, a good game. That's, that's the only bad thing about this trip to Chicago, Brian, I apologize to Memphis Radio if you hear some the calls over from Friday night's conversation, but uh, that I'm not going to, to actually see that game in person tomorrow. Cause that's the game I actually want to watch in person in Bud Walton Arena. Yeah, I think it will be a, a really fun game. And, and uh, Keon Minifield, he's played a couple games now since uh, being uh, granted eligibility because of everything that's going on with the NCAA. What have you noticed of his play? What has he meant for uh, for this lineup at Arkansas? And, and, you know, in terms of best player on the team, where would you slot him in terms of, of productivity right now? He is going to be the primary ball handler, I think, moving forward, Bryant. And he's going to have some turnovers. Again, kid's about to be a true sophomore, or he is a true sophomore. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't played a ton of college basketball relative to his peers. So there's going to be some ups. There's going to be some downs. And uh, I, I'm excited to see the ups. And I'm probably going to be throwing stuff when I see the downs. Yeah. But I, I think he's going to play an instrumental role if Arkansas is going to kind of navigate through conference play to a, another NCAA tournament bid. So with conference play uh, about to start, SEC play, a really good SEC uh, conference, I think, this year with South Carolina's much improved. Ole Miss is still undefeated. Um, I think you got some really good teams. What is your biggest concern with this team going into a loaded conference schedule? I think it's their defense. I mean, Buffett's last four teams, his first four teams in Arkansas, uh, their offense wasn't necessarily clicking at this point, but their defense, I felt like, was a lot further along. This year's team doesn't have the same size and length that maybe he's been accustomed to the last three years. So I think that's an area that I think is frustrating for him. They're not getting the steals that he wants, and uh, they're just going to have to figure it out because if they don't, they're going to be sitting home in March or going to the NIT, which no one gives a you know what about right? I was reading something uh, I think yesterday uh, about this Arkansas basketball team, and, and somebody was talking about the issues in the front court and, and specifically at the five position. And you mentioned defensively. Um, it, what has been the reason that 
Muss hasn't really looked to a guy like freshman Bay Falls. He's just too raw to put out there. I mean, you would think in some of these non-conference games you would be able to give him a little more run. You know, kind of came in as a shot blocker and, and does some really good things defensively, very long. Well, what has been the reason that, that his minutes have been limited? He's too small, Brian. Mm. He played a little bit in the Duke game. and I think they scored either a bucket or two buckets on him, just kind of overpowering him. He's got some weight to put on, as yeah. most freshmen do. It's very, it's very rare that true freshmen just come in and, have, and not just have immediate impact but dominate. I think for Bay, I mean, the potential's there. He's 6'11". He can shoot it. Um, he has the ability to rebound, but he's just got to put on weight. He's a skinny kid, and uh, he's got to start eating more cheeseburgers and get that <laughs> weight room, baby. That's right. They'll, they'll get that weight on them. Uh, I know <laughs> that for sure. But uh, UNC Wilmington tomorrow, and then conference play starts. Auburn at Georgia at Florida home against Texas A&M, those first four games in conference. So it won't be easy for Arkansas, but uh, hopefully they can end the year with a win tomorrow at Bud Walton. Well, Ty, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, really appreciate your time. Safe travels. Happy New Year, and we'll do it again next week. Brian, always love to join you guys. And back next year, I might Yeah, add. that's right. Thanks, Ty. Ty Richardson joins us every single Friday to talk Arkansas football, Arkansas basketball. We like to talk a lot of SEC with him as well. Always a good time with Ty. And that's going to be a fun game tomorrow. I mean, uh, UNC Wilmington uh, ran some some really good things. They had some uh, really good offense when they played Kentucky and uh, really made it difficult for the Wildcats, a young team uh, up in Kentucky. So it should be a fun game tomorrow at Bud Walton, that game at 4 o'clock tomorrow. But let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, it'll be time for Big Number of the Day. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant Dacus with you. No Brett, no Johnny. A one-man band today. Brett in Atlanta for the Peach Bowl tomorrow. You can hear complete coverage of the Peach Bowl uh, Ole Miss versus Penn State pregame starting at 9 a.m. And uh, that game kicking off at 11. So he's down there in Atlanta. Johnny, unfortunately, it's his birthday. So uh, happy birthday if he's listening um, to Johnny Hill. Um, but he, unfortunately, is a little bit under the weather, a little sick. So he could not make it in today. So a one-man band. Uh, I know I said we were going to do big number of the day. And so I'll just make it simple. My big number uh, today is 30. That is how many points Memphis Tiger football team has right now in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl against Iowa State. 36 points. Uh, Iowa State with 13. So 36 to 13, your score right now as Iowa State has the ball and just connected on a big throw and catch. Um, So they are now... Um, I believe, in the red zone, or at least close to the red zone, so they could be close to, to putting some points on the board. But less than five minutes left in the third quarter. Tigers with a big lead. We talked about it earlier. I don't think anybody really expected the Tigers to come out and do this. They were a 10.5-point underdog going in, and everybody... 
talked about, well, you know, you're missing offensive linemen. Iowa State comes in. They're young. They're hungry. Um, they've got a great run game, and uh, it has really uh, been nothing uh, close to that today uh, for the Memphis Tigers. Seth Hennigan already, not even through three quarters yet, 282 yards Four touchdowns in zero interception. That's what we talk about. The A-plus game you needed from Seth Hennigan, you are getting today. He's completely locked in. 18 for 23 um, completions. Uh, an unbelievable game for him. Uh, uh, Demir Blankemsey still leads the team in receiving yards with 76 yards. Um, he has a touchdown. Joe Skates has a touchdown. Sutton Smith has a touchdown. Um, that just happened very recently, I think while we were talking to Ty, that touchdown happened, and it really was just kind of a dump-off pass from from Seth Hennigan. He had um, he had Sutton Smith kind of in the flats and uh, hit him kind of over the middle, and uh, Sutton Smith made a play and uh, got into the end zone um, a big-time catch for him. And then Anthony Lamphere, the tight end, also has a touchdown on 18 yards. Receiving the run game has also uh, looked good. 18 yards and a touchdown. I mentioned earlier, Seth Hennigan had the touchdown on the ground, but Blake Watson uh, close to 100 yards rushing, no doubt in my mind, with all the time left. He'll get over 100 yards rushing in his final collegiate game. He's got 98 on 10. Carries on the other side, this Memphis defense, they lose their defensive coordinator. He goes down to Mississippi State uh, and is now going to be the defensive backs coach. But this defense came to play today. I don't know what it was if they've just heard all the noise all off season, or excuse me, all uh, since the last game of oh, this defense has been really bad. They're going to you know go up against a power five opponent. This defense uh, is playing uh, extremely well. Iowa State uh, has just had to throw the ball because the run game they are getting absolutely. Nothing. Zero yards on the ground. Yes, correct. Zero yards on 19 carries. They're starting running back uh, Sama. He has four yards on 11 carries. And Rocco Beck, their quarterback, has negative four yards on eight carries. So his defense uh, is playing extremely well right now. And the Tigers, a 36-20. to 20. So that means uh, Iowa State just found the end zone. Um, so 36-20, a 16-point lead for the Tigers. They are rolling there. Tomorrow, Tiger basketball in action against Austin P. A big game um, for Penny Hardaway. A lot of people are saying, big game? What do you mean against Austin P? Well, it is the last game for the Tigers before they start conference play. So a nice tune-up game. Kind of get everything figured out before you start conference play. I know a lot of people um, uh, excited for the new year. And I'm sure the Tigers are also excited to get this conference uh, slate started. We've got tickets uh, for Memphis and Austin P. If you want those tickets, uh, text in. Um, you. I need your name. I need your phone number. I need your email address. Um, and uh, I need to know you're going. And we'll pick a texter. Uh, 901-360-8255. Two tickets to Memphis versus Austin P. Tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Your last chance in 2023 to see the Memphis Tigers basketball team 
in action um, when they'll face off Austin P. And Austin P. I think they're seven and seven right now. They're one and five uh, away from their home gym. But I think when we look up in a couple of years, this could be an Austin P. team that we're talking about. A fun Austin P. team. Uh, Emmanuel Hansel, who Memphis recruited a, a couple of years ago, the young man um, with one arm, uh, is getting some good minutes for them off the bench. An unbelievable story he is, and they're uh, they're leading scorer, Demarcus Sharp. He is leading the team in points rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Also, um, uh, he leading the team uh, mostly in, in uh, field goal percentage um, for the amount of minutes he's playing. Uh, so, I mean, a, an unbelievable player in DeMarcus Sharp who came uh, with this head coach from Northwestern State from last year. So if you want those tickets, uh, text in, call in, um, and we will be giving those away for tomorrow night's game. 901-360-8255 Memphis versus Austin P. What We need to go ahead and get to a break. And we're talking about the Tiger basketball team. They've got Austin P tomorrow so when we come back to start our third and final hour we're talking tiger basketball with jason munns 